Hello, listeners. This is Labor Know Your Rights Podcast. I'm your host, Dave. This episode is brought to you by the National League of Justice and Security Professionals, where the members come first. Contact information can be found in our show notes, including our toll-free number, where you can leave a message, ideas for future episodes, or tell us about events, campaigns, or victories in your union. Please check out Life on Record. In December of 1990, the United States Attorney for the Northern District of New Jersey filed a civil RICO suit against Local 54. General President Hanley, nine former and current Local 54 officers, and 10 LCN members and associates, alleging a 20-year pattern of racketeering. Nicodemo Scarfo, boss of the Philadelphia LCN family, Phil Lenati, former Philadelphia LCN underboss, Anthony Piccola, and Local 54's Affiliated Benefits Plans and Severance Fund. The consent decree removed eight locals, 54 officers, and employees from the union's positions and permanently enjoined Frank Garris from participating in H-E-R-E-I-U affairs. James Flanagan was appointed as monitor of Local 54's affairs. He was authorized to investigate, audit, and reviewing all aspects of Local 54's affiliated plans and operations. He was also to serve as trustee of HERE International Welfare and Pension Funds. Flanagan found the local finances and operations in shambles. There was no representation available for members who wanted to file a grievance against their employer. All officers were fired or resigned. Flanagan set up election procedures, including an election grievance procedure. Candidates had to pass both FBI and Department of Labor background checks. In 1993, the first election was held with three of the four slates being controlled or influenced by LCN. One was headed by the imprisoned Natelli, the other by John Stampa, with Genovese crime family support, had attempted to take over Bruno Scarfo family after Scarfo was convicted on RICO charges in 1990. Flanagan disqualified eight candidates because of their organized crime associations. In the 1996 election, more than 90 candidates ran for union office. No allegations of organized crime involvements were made. Local 54, one of the most racketeer-ridden union locals in the country, had been liberated and even transformed into a union with competitive politics. The monitorship was deemed a success by all and dissolved in February of 1997. The United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York filed a civil RICO suit against H-E-R-E Local 100 in 1992. 
the complaint charged that President Anthony Amodio and Vice President Anthony Amodio Jr. and Jack D. Ross were running Local 100 on behalf of the Gambino and Colombo Alcian crime families. It also charged the dependent union officers employed organized crime family members and associates in union jobs and committed or tolerated bribery, extortion, and violence. The case was settled with a consent decree that barred the Amodios from the union, installed Mary Shannon Little as trustee. It lasted 18 months and ended with the election of new union officers. The Department of Justice filed a civil RICO complaint in September of 1995 against the 250,000 member HERIU, alleging that since 1970, the GEB members had conspired with organized crime figures to obtain illegal payments from employers, embezzle union assets, and violate union members' Lundrum Griffin rights. Department of Justice and HEREIU filed a consent decree. The defendants agreed not to commit crimes, associate with organized crime members and associates, and allow barred individuals from exercising control or influence over HEREIU's affairs, and not obstruct implementation of the consent decree. It required that HEREIU at the next national convention adopt an ethical practices code and establish a public review board to implement and enforce it. Kurt Muhlenberg was appointed as monitor for a term of 18 months. He had the power to remove HEREIU local, regional, and international officials for violating any provision of the settlement, committing any crime involving the union or its employee benefits plans, or furthering the influence of any organized crime group. He had the authority to appoint and discharge union members and candidates for union office, and to disapprove collective bargaining agreements. The court ordered that at its 1996 convention, they adopt an ethical practice code that would define prohibited conflicts of interest by union officers. The monitoring was extended after 18 months for 12 additional months. Muhlenberg discovered that many of the locals had a history of organized crime infiltration and did not follow their bylaws, gave inadequate notice of membership meetings, failed to document expenses, failed to submit officers' bonuses and raises to membership for approval, failed to train officers, business agents, and organizers, promulgate personnel, pay scales, job descriptions, and performance. The International Union reimbursed business expenses without submission of receipts or explanations. He dissolved 11 trusteeships which the International had imposed to provide jobs to cronies including organized crime figures and associates. He placed five other locals under trusteeship because Federal prosecutors had charged officers of these locals with embezzlement and are filing false reports to the Department of Labor. He permanently barred 23 individuals from participating in union affairs because of organized crime associations or failure to cooperate with the monitor. He barred two individuals from participation in union affairs for 13 years 
and two others from holding a position of trust in the union for three years. Muhlenberg investigated President Hanley, who had been put in power and kept there by the Chicago outfit. He charged Hanley with using union automobiles, the union airplane for personal purposes, receiving unearned salary and pension contributions, associating with organized crime members, and setting up a paper local near his Wisconsin vacation home so an individual could serve as facto for Hanley and his friends. On February 19, 1998, Hanley agreed to retire and pay H-E-R-E-I-U $13,944 relating to his purchase of H-E-R-E-I-U leased cars. He also took over payments on the premiums on a life insurance policy that the union had purchased for him. In return, Mullenberg agreed to cease investigating Hanley's actions during his general presidency. Hanley's retirement package included a $350,000 annual salary for life. Hanley's son, Thomas W., agreed to resign for one year and to reimburse H-E-R-E-I-U $25,000 in order to end an investigation into his abuse of union expense accounts. Mullenberg's final report was full of recommendations. On September 1, 1998, the GEB voted to implement all of his recommendations on structure, governance, and operations of the international and locals. The monitoring was ended in 1999, but before that he expelled John Agathos and J.R. from their positions as Local 69 President and Health and Pension Fund Administrator because of their links to organized crime. After the monitoring ended, a public review board was established, which was responsible for overseeing implementation of the Ethical Practices Code. It has authority to review member complaints and to conduct hearings to ensure ethical standards in the union's operations and power to suspend or expel members found to have violated the code. Hanley was replaced as general president by John W. Wilhelm. The monitoring lasted just 36 months. The new president enjoys a progressive reputation and a reputation free of organized crime, but he has not repudiated Hanley or acknowledged the union's long history of ties to LCN. The end result of the monitoring was some improvements, but HERE has had several RICO charges on local since the monitoring. LIUNA at both the international and local levels, especially in Chicago and New York City, was like HEREIU closely tied to Cosa Nostra crime families. Outfit boss Tony Accardo had a great deal of influence in the union for many years. He and his successors controlled LIUNA and General President Peter Pasco and his son Angelo and the officers of many locals. The Department of Justice presented LIUNA officials with a 212-page civil RICO complaint late in 1994, alleging that LCN crime families dominated the 800,000-member union. The complaint named 39 defendants, including General President Arthur Kola, General Secretary Treasurer Roland Vinoil, 
all 10 vice presidents and the union's general counsel. It alleged that the defendants violated the rights of LIUNA members through intimidation, violence, and economic coercion, and that the union defendants violated their fiduciary duties to the members by failing to investigate, prevent, or remedy corruption. As a remedy, the government sought the expulsion of COLA and the other union leaders and requested that one or more court liaison officers be appointed to carry out the duties of the general president and the GEB and to prevent any GEB action that would violate union members' rights or perpetuate criminal influence in the union. Department of Justice offered the union an opportunity to respond to the allegations. Arthur hired Robert Luskin to represent the union in negotiations with the Department of Justice. Luskin tried to persuade Kola that it would cost millions to fight the government and they would lose. At the same time, he was telling the Department of Justice that a trusteeship would alienate the rank and file and be less effective than internal reform would be. LIUNA and the Department of Justice announced a unique settlement after three months of negotiations. LIUNA would sign a consent decree agreeing to an external court-appointed monitor, but the Department of Justice would not file it with the court for 90 days or longer if at any time they were dissatisfied with LIUNA reform effort. This agreement was extended to 2001 and later to 2006. LIUNA adopted Ethical Practices Code and established four new positions. One, GB attorney, filled by Luskin, to investigate and prosecute violations of the Ethical Practices Code. Two, Inspector General, filled by Douglas Gao, to investigate violations of the Ethical Practices Code. Three, independent hearing officer, billed by Peter Vieira, to serve as judge and arbitrator in disciplinary cases. And four, appellate officer, filled by Neil Eggleston. They established a new confidential toll-free number and a confidential post office box to solicit complaints from the LIUNA members. By mid-1996, the reform officers had charged Serpico, Vice President Robert Cobone, with knowingly maintaining organized crime ties and had began more than 345 investigations, expelled 25 officers and members for violating the ethical Practices Code removed all the officers of LIUNA Local 210, placed Chicago LIUNA Local A under emergency trusteeship, and sent Steve Hammond to work with trustee Michael Schurthoff to clean up the racketeer-ridden New York City Mason Tenders District Council. The reform team also started an investigation of General President Cora. At its convention, LIUNA amended its constitution to require direct rank-and-file secret ballot elections of the General President and General Secretary Treasurer 
Increase the GEB from 10 to 13 members, requiring that 9 members be elected regionally so that the board would be more accountable to the membership. It changed its procedures for selecting convention delegates and eliminated several locals whose purpose seemed to be to provide convention votes to organize crime. The union adopted uniform job referral rules to prevent discriminatory hiring hall practices. Luskin hired an independent accounting firm to audit LIUNA's finances. Still, in the 1996 international election for general president, the only candidate to challenge Cora was Bruno Caruso. Cora was re-elected once again, showing the unwillingness or inability of racketeer-ridden unions to vote labor racketeers out of office. In November 1997, Luskin filed disciplinary charges alleging that Cora, knowingly associated with organized crime members, permitted organized crime to influence union affairs from 1986 to 1993 and accepted illegal payoffs from a LIUNA's service provider. Independent hearing officer Vieira acquitted Cora of the allegations of organized crime associations and influence but found him guilty of accepting illegal benefits from LIUNA service provider. He fined Cora $100,000 but did not remove him from office. The United States Attorney's Office in Rhode Island immediately brought criminal tax evasion charges based upon benefits Cora had received from the service provider. A plea agreement was agreed to Cora agreed to relinquish the presidency and become General President Emeritus for life at an annual salary of $335,516. On February 14, 1990, the U.S. Department of Justice filed a civil RICO suit against six ILA locals representing dock workers in the New York New Jersey port, as well as their executive boards and officers. The Genovese and Gambino crime families, the Westies and Irish organized crime group allied with the Gambino family, and five waterfront employers. The complaint charged that the waterfront had been the setting for corruption, violence, and abuse of waterfront labor and business by New York La Casa Nostra families for more than 50 years. According to the government, despite the many criminal convictions that resulted from the FBI's massive UNIREC investigations in the late 1970s, the Genovese and Gambino crime families, by means of their influence in the ILA, continue to exert influence in many eastern seaboard ports. The government cited dozens of instances of embezzlement, solicitation, and receipts of bribes, benefit fund fraud, extortion of employers, and violation of the rank-and-file Lindrum Griffin rights. The Department of Justice asked the court to enjoin the organized crime defendants from participating in ILA affairs having any dealings with union officers and employees and committing racketeering acts. The Department of Justice asked the court to require the defendants to disgorge 
the pre proceeds of their RICO violations and to enjoin the dependent union officers from knowingly associating with Cosa Nostra members and associates. To appoint license officers for each of the ILA locals to discharge those duties of the executive boards, review the proposed actions of each of the executive boards, implement fair elections, and oversee union reform. Please share this podcast with your family and friends. If you like our podcast, please rate us on iTunes. It helps others find us. If you would like to contact us, we have various ways to do so in our show notes, along with contact information for the National League of Justice and Security Professionals. Thank you for listening. <laughs>